Philippians chapter number one, if you would. I was thinking about while he sang, uh, you ever think about all that comes with Christ? He was thinking about uh, the friend that we have in Christ, in the song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. You ever think about that? Obviously, he's our Savior. Uh, obviously, he has secured for us a home in heaven, but he is truly a friend, isn't he? You know, I, I have friends in my life that uh, have been friends a long time, and they're very close to me, and they mean a lot to me, and we get along really well, and we gel really well, and uh, I've told a lot of my friends about other friends, and uh, we get them together, and I'm like, hey, aren't they great? And come to find out that they don't think they're as great as, as I do. You ever done that before? Or think about a vacation spot, man, this is the greatest place to go, and some friends take your advice, and they go, and they come back, and they're like, I just wasted my money. And you, you hate that you introduced them to that and they didn't have a good time or you introduced them to someone and that someone just, you know, they turned out, they hate their guts. And you're like, man, you know, I'm not going to introduce anybody else to any of my friends because evidently I have bad taste in friends because they don't like them. But aren't you glad it's not that way with Christ? Anyone you introduce to Christ, they're going to love him. And they're going to learn to love him more and more the more they, they know about him. So thank the Lord we have a friend in him tonight. Take out your Bibles, Philippians 1, if you would, look down to verse 1. And uh, let's stand together as we read down through about verse number 6. <clears throat> we'll pray and let you be seated while you're turning there. I want to give you a few folks to remember tonight. Remember the, tr the Rogers as they travel? Uh, spoke with them, or he spoke with me, sent me a text uh, and let me know how things were going there. Obviously continue to remember Miss Becky Schrader and her family there at the, the passing of Mr. Jimmy uh, this past week. And uh, glad to report that Gene is home from the hospital and uh, has a nasty cut there on the top of his head, but got to go home yesterday, thank the Lord. Uh, he was able to be home for Christmas, so you pray for them and pray that he'll get healed up. And uh, pray for Miss Betty Sue as she is his full-time nurse looking after him. I know they're watching tonight. Pray that God would give her grace to be a nurse. Sometimes it's hard to be a nurse. And then also, don't forget, I, I put out a little advertisement the other night that uh, we're seeking all the help we can get, able-bodied help, to get camp ready, to get the property ready. If you can cut grass, mop floors, uh, put on shingles, run plywood, anything like that, between now and winter retreat, we're going to be working down there off and on. And uh, if you want to come, look, I, I don't know, I can't see in your heart who might want to come and you're waiting for me to ask you, can we just go ahead and assume right now I'm asking you, okay? Don't say, well, Lord, I'm just going to wait for him to come to me. You're going to be waiting a long time. Just ask my wife. She waits for me to take out the garbage all the time. All right. If, if you want to go and you're interested in going, uh, going down there to work, you don't have to be with a big group. Uh, see me or see my dad right back there. The handsome looking gentleman back there uh, looks kind of like me, but just a little bit older. And uh, you see him and uh, I promise he'll find you something to do, an opportunity to be a blessing to the camp. It'll be a blessing to our kids. They'll be going down there soon. And we need a lot of work done. Still recovering a lot of that stuff from the tornadoes and rebuilding some things, so it'll be nice for our kids. So we'll make sure that we get some help down there over the next week or two. Philippians chapter 1, verse number 1, the Bible says, Paul and Timotheus, or Timotheus, how you pronounce it, the servants of Jesus Christ to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi, with the bishops and deacons, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, Always in every prayer of mine for you all, making request with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Now watch verse 6, be our text tonight. The Bible says, being confident of this very thing, he, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Let's stop there and ask the Lord to bless. Lord, thank you tonight for the privilege 
to be back together again. Thank you for the wonderful holiday season. Thank you, Father, for your grace that's brought us here to the doorstep of the end of another year and on the doorstep of a new one, if you should tarry. Uh, Lord, I pray your grace would ever be with us as we look toward a new year. Help us, Lord, to finish this one out in a way that's pleasing to you. Be with the many of our people that are away traveling tonight, many that are sick, not doing well in their health. Give them grace. And Lord, I just pray that you'd be with us all tonight to receive and respond to your word in a way that's pleasing in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You know, you get busy sometimes, and uh, time flies by so fast, and you look down the calendar one day, and you realize, you know, this really is the last Sunday evening of 2021, and it's hard to believe that another year has indeed come uh, and gone, and I know it's been a difficult year for us. I was thinking this afternoon, it was December 27th of 2020, we were looking at the end of a very tough year. 2020 was when all the craziness broke out. And we were excited that we were reaching the end of 2020, uh, really was kind of looking forward to, man, be glad to turn the page on that year and get past all of that, kind of thinking that maybe 2021 was going to be uh, just a little bit better. I mean, couldn't get worse, right? Couldn't get worse in 2020. And then lo and behold, we had no idea what 2021 would hold. And to be honest, to my surprise, 2021 would prove an entirely different level of difficulty uh, than 2020 was. We definitely know that here at our church as far as loss of life. And so now here we are a year later looking toward a new year that's about to come around. If the Lord should tarry, I'm kind of just hoping he comes back before 2022 and we get out of here. But if he does tarry, we're looking forward to a new year. And it's kind of scary. Brother Mike, I had to bring this to my attention the other day. He tagged me in a post. Uh, and the post said something along the line of, have, have you thought about that 2022 is like 2022, T-O-O, 2022? Some of you know your grammar. That means again, again, over again. Some of you don't know your grammar. I can tell, but go home and look it up and, and you'll see it. But uh, we have no idea uh, what the new year is going to hold. We have no idea what's going to be around the corner, just like we had no idea what, what this year was going to hold. Uh, but we know enough about God. And I believe tonight we know enough about the Bible to know that our, our Father does not want us to live uh, in a state of vulnerability, worrying about uh, the unknowns. Uh, I mean, right now we're looking at a new year right around the corner, and the entire year is an unknown. We don't know what the future is going to hold. There could be economic collapse. There could be more political uh, turmoil. There could be more social unrest. We have no idea. There could be more natural disasters. But we know the Bible says in 2 Timothy that God has not given us what? A spirit of fear. We know that our Father does not want us to look into 2022 thinking, gosh, 2020 was rough, 2021 was rough, and now we're looking into a new year. We don't know what that year holds, and so we naturally begin being apprehensive of buckle up and hang on. We don't know what 2022 is going to hold, but that's not the spirit our Father wants us to have. The Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of what? But of power and of love, and then most importantly, he says, a sound mind, a sound mind. Now, I don't know about you, that's something I constantly have to work on. Asking God to help me to have a sound mind, especially when I'm looking into a future that is filled with unknowns. And based on the last two years, if next year is anything like the last two years, not only are we facing unknowns, but we're facing frightening uncertainties in our world. And the tendency for that for us to be is to be fearful and to not have a sound mind, not to have peace, not to have any type of contentment or being even keel in our walk with God. And yet the Bible says that God wants us to have a sound mind. So how do we look forward here on the last Sunday night of 2021 into an uncertain future, 
and to a future that is full of unknowns, how do we look forward into that and have a sound mind? I mean, that's a challenging, challenging exercise. Well, there's two ways tonight that we're going to look at, uh, look at two or three different things. I'm not sure exactly how the Lord's going to go with this, Uh, but we can look into the unknown two ways. Number one, we can look into it fearfully, or we can look into the unknowns faithfully. All right? You can't do both. Either you're going to look into the future and all of the unknowns fearfully, or we're going to look into the unknowns faithfully. Now, what's the difference? Let me give these to you. Fear looks into the unknown and worries about what you cannot see. Okay? Fear looks into the unknown, and you worry about the things you cannot see. Why are children so afraid of the dark? Maybe even some of us adults tonight, if we would admit it. We're afraid of the dark. Why? Because we're looking into the dark. It's unknown. We can't see what's in there, and our imagination begins stirring it up. Next thing you know, there's a wookalar in there. And we have no idea what the darkness is holding, but I'm fearful that it's going to be bad. That's what fear does. Fear looks into the unknown, and you're frightened by what you can see. What is faith? Faith looks into the unknown and relies on what you can see. Now, that sounds like it's twisted around. How can you look into an unknown and have peace at what you can see in something that you don't understand? Well, the Bible says in Hebrews 11 that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of what? Those things that are not seen. You know, we can look into the future, and there are some things that we can see even in the midst of the unknowns when we look by faith. Years ago, my brother and I were teenagers. We were working jobs with my dad. We were making pretty good money. We were single. Uh, You know, we didn't have wives. We didn't have children, and we made really good money, and we blew really good money. And one day, we got a hankering that we wanted a night vision scope. Why? I don't know. But we just thought we needed one. It'd be cool, you know. I mean, even some of us men would still love to have one to this day, a night vision scope. And it was so amazing that out there in the dark, you couldn't see anything at the camp. We really used it playing manhunt with the teenagers. Now the secret is out. That's how we found you guys all of those times. We're just sitting out there in the field with the night vision. There they go. And they're running across the field trying to hide. We're watching them like it's broad daylight. Through the lens of that night vision camera, we're looking out into the unknown, and yet we could see the unknown, and we could see clearly, but only through that lens. Now, folks, tonight, faith is that lens that allows God's people to look into the unknown and see things that will give you confidence regardless of the uncertainty. We're looking into the unknown future, but by faith, Paul's going to show us tonight that we can look into the future with confidence and peace. So tonight, we're going to look at a simple thought on looking forward by faith. Last Sunday night of the year, we're going to learn how to look forward by faith. And I want to show you some things you will see if you will look into the unknown through that, that prism or that lens of faith. Notice, if you will, verse number 6. The Bible says, being confident... Of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to notice the tone. We're going to preach out of verse number 6, but I want you to notice the tone of verse 1 all the way down through verse number 6. When you read this passage, I mean, watch how optimistic it is. Paul says, grace, verse 2, grace be unto you. And peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, I thank God upon every remembrance of you, always in prayer of mine for you, always making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. I mean, the Apostle Paul reading this, do you not hear that optimistic tone? 
Uh, I mean, the Apostle Paul sounds like he's sitting in his summer home on one of the Greek isles writing a letter to his best buddy, doesn't it? But do you know the book of Philippians is one of the prison epistles? The Apostle Paul is writing to people he cannot see from a prison where there's not a whole lot of hope there, and yet we see the optimism that is there because of the faith that he has. Paul has faith, even in prison, that God is working in the midst of these people. Watch what his faith gives him in verse number 6. He says all of that in introduction, verse 1 through 5. Verse 6, he says, being confident. Being confident. Do you know what faith will give you? If you will look through the lens and through that binocular, if you will, of faith into the unknown, that faith, when you look into the unknown, do you know what you see? You see confidence. As God's people on the last Sunday night of a very trying year, which follows another very trying year. It's hard to look forward with joy and with peace and with hope that things are going to get better. And yet through the lens of faith, the Bible says Paul had confidence. Now, I don't know what tomorrow holds, what next year holds. I don't know if America will even stand in last 2022. But what I do know is that through faith, we can have confidence knowing that God is still Lord over all. Paul says being confident of this very thing. Now, if anyone should have confidence in this upcoming year, do you know who it should be? It should be you and I. It should be you and I. I mean, the powers of darkness, boy, they just seem so bold. It's just temporary, I assure you. Because one day the Lord's coming back, and they're going to try to find the biggest rock they can find to hide under, but there's going to be nowhere to hide. And yet you and I, as the people of God, we know that. We trust in that. And we're looking forward to that blessed hope. Therefore, through the lens of faith, it gives me confidence knowing that I'm trusting in God. Now, folks, understand this. If you're trusting in me, you better be scared. You better be scared. If you're trusting in your spouse, you better be scared. Why? Because we can fail. God cannot fail. And so Paul, writing from prison to a people that he couldn't see, had confidence. Why? Because of who he had faith in. I'll tell you, one of the greatest witnesses you could have right now is confidence, even keel. Like I said, you would read verse 1 through verse number 5, thinking somebody's writing this while they're on vacation. I'll give you an example. Uh, my wife put on Facebook yesterday that I bought her a little get-around car, and uh, the Lord gave that to us. Maybe I'll, I'll share the story with you here in a minute, how the Lord uh, gave it to us at a really, really good deal. Uh, but uh, I normally drive, Okay. I'm the driver. I just drive. Uh, I chauffeur my wife around. Somebody asked the other day, uh, one of the teenagers asked, Miss Leslie, you know how to drive? Well, of course she knows how to drive. So I never see her driving. I said, well, that's because she's special, and special people get chauffeured around. You know, I'm her driver. She's going to get me the hat one day and get to wear and try to open her door. I just, we've always gone everywhere together. I don't mind. Look, can I go ahead and put on the record, I don't care if my wife drives. Don't turn me into the uh, National Organization of Women saying I'm oppressing my wife and don't let her to drive, okay? I let her drive all she wants. She just likes being with me. That's what it is. So yesterday we get ready to go out, and uh, we took the little beetle out, and I said, well, it's your car. You drive. And so I got over in the passenger seat. I want you to know something. That was one of the most vulnerable feelings of my life, <laughs> sitting over in there with a car with no top on it, my wife, I just didn't feel much like a man, to be honest. I'm just being honest with you. didn't feel much like a man sitting in a convertible Beetle while my wife drives me around. I just felt like what millennials must feel like. I just felt vulnerable. 
you know. I felt like I needed some skinny jeans and a man bun, but I don't have enough hair to turn it into a man bun. That's just what I felt like. And I'm sitting there going down the road. We, we drove through with the AJ's neighborhood, and I'm just sitting there like a submissive husband, you know, going down the road when my wife drives me, feeling so vulnerable. And then as we went down the back roads, we would get on the highway. <laughs> I didn't have that much faith. We were going down the back roads and looked over at my wife, and I said, you know, I said, I could kind of get used to this. She says, what do you mean? I says, well, you know, I've never, I don't know that I've ever ridden in a convertible before. I said, this is kind of cool, kind of feel open, you know, going down the road. And after a while, I looked over and realized, this is my wife. This is the one who cooks my food and could poison me at any time. This is the one who gives me my medicine and could take me out, just give me a pill. She knows I'll take it. Why? I trust her. After a while, I realized who was doing the driving, and I said, you know what? I'm just going to enjoy the ride. Why? Because I knew who was doing the driving. Now, here's what Paul's saying. Paul says, I don't know what the future holds, but I know who's driving. And Paul says, I have confidence. Paul says, you know what? I'm going to have joy. I'm going to have peace. Paul says, I'm going to have confidence even though, watch this, even though I'm not in control. Now, oftentimes, hear me out tonight. You got to understand this. The only time we have confidence is when we're in control. Is that true? Look, when I'm behind the wheel, I have full confidence. Sometimes my wife presses the brake that's in the floorboard of her. It's not there. There's not a spare brake. Or she'll tell me nicely, you know, ooh, 45 miles an hour, that's awful slow for this kind of area. She's telling me to slow down. We're going down the road, man, she's slamming on the brakes. I'm kind of the same way. I only have confidence when I'm in control. She'll say, honey, be careful. I ask her how many times have we gotten in a wreck. By God's grace, none so far. I said, hey, have confidence in your driver. Most of the time, do you know when we have confidence? When we're in control. That's when we're confident, when we're in control. And all of a sudden, we look into the future. We have no clue what's coming. The last two years have proven to us we have no clue what's coming. And we feel vulnerable because we're not in control anymore. Your bank account and your retirement can fluctuate and go up and go down. I mean, liberties and freedoms are just, I mean, they're paper thin right now. And we feel vulnerable because we're not in control. But watch this. Paul had confidence, not because he was in control, because he knew who was in control. He said, Paul says, I have confidence. He looked into the unknown of the future, writing from prison, and he says, you know what? I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. Therefore, I have confidence because I have faith in him. Now, you think about people in the Bible, examples all throughout Scripture of people who had confidence even though they weren't in control. David. David facing Goliath. He was not in control of that situation. He was a ruddy youth. He had a sling and a rock, and here's Goliath. He's covered head to toe in all of this armor. He has a sword and he has a spear. Look, can I tell you who's in control? Goliath's in control of that. I mean, if it's one-on-one, -on -one, Goliath wins. But David ran toward Goliath. Why? He had confidence because he was trusting in one that was bigger than Goliath. You don't have to be in control to have confidence. You just have to have faith in the one who is in control, and that's God. The Bible says that, that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means nothing's going to shake him. Nothing's going to destabilize God. And if our hope and our faith is in a God that can't be destabilized, you know what that does for us? It stabilizes us. Knowing that regardless of the uncertainty that comes our way, we're trusting in a God that's not going to be shaken by the circumstances of our world. So you know what I can see in the future? 
I look into the future of 2022, there's a lot of things I cannot see, but I can see confidence. Why? Because I know there's nothing in 2022 that's going to shake God, and I'm just going to trust in him. So number one, faith for the future, looking to the future with faith. What do we see? Paul says, being confident. Ephesians 3.11, the Bible says, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by faith in him. The Bible says we have boldness and access with confidence by faith in him. You want to have confidence in the new year? Look, you want to come out of your closet, quit hunkering down in your basement, you know, quit worrying about the economy. Look, I'm not saying not be prudent, but I'm talking about not living in a state of fear rather than living in a state of confidence. You've got to learn to trust in him who holds the future. He's got it. He's not uncertain about what's happening. He knows exactly what's going on. Proverbs 3.26, for the Lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken. What does that mean? It means you don't have to worry about tripping when you're trusting in the Lord. He'll keep our foot from being taken. Here's a quote. I read this quote the other day. I can't figure out who said it, but boy, I saved it. And the most important part is that I've got it and I can't tell you who said it, but it's a good one. Faith is a living, daring confidence in God's grace. So sure and certain that the believer would stake his life on it a thousand times. This knowledge of confidence in God's grace makes men glad and bold and happy. I love the opening line that faith is a living, daring confidence in God's grace. Look, I don't know what the future holds, but I do know according to the word of God that I have faith in that his grace is going to be sufficient for any unknown that comes my way in 2022. That way I have confidence regardless of what may come. I have faith. Gideon's faith gave him confidence to go into battle with less men. You think about that. Gideon had this army, wasn't big enough to begin with, and God just keeps shrinking it, shrinking it, shrinking it, shrinking it, down to just a handful of 300 men against a numberless army. And yet Gideon's faith in God gave him confidence to go into battle with less men. Think about tonight that Moses' faith gave him confidence to stand still. Moses comes to the Red Sea. Moses is looking at this sea. Now, I don't know what's going on in his heart, but if it was me, I'd be whispering to God, are you sure about this? God, this is, God, he takes out his map, okay. The place is called Baal Piairoth. He says, okay, God, you said go to Baal Piairoth. I'm here. Are you sure, God? Did you get that right? But he stood still. I don't know what kind of Red Seas we're going to face, but we can stand still with confidence if we're trusting in the one who can part the sea. I have a picture in my office. If you've ever been in there, it hangs on the wall. And uh, it's a picture from, uh, from Walt Disney. We have that picture back there, guys. Put it up there right quick. I'll show you. Um, that's a picture of Walt Disney standing on the uh, dirt where they would build Cinderella's castle there. Uh, Walt Disney would not live to see the castle built, but there's a picture of him standing where one day the castle would go. And uh, my wife bought me that, uh, that little portrait. It hangs in my office on the wall there to the left of my desk. And it says vision under it, vision. And at his funeral, someone said to Roy, his brother, I wish Walt could have lived to see this. Walt never got to see the opening of Walt Disney World. And his, uh, someone said to his brother, man, if he could have seen this, and Roy turned to the visitor at his brother's funeral, and he says, oh, don't worry, he saw it. He saw it. You see, he had a vision of what was going to be there, even though right then all he saw was a pile of dirt. Now, that's for an amusement park, for a place of imaginary things. 
If someone could have a vision for an amusement park that was so real, they go down the middle of the swamps and build it, how much more should God's people have confidence to look forward into the future and say, you know what, I don't know what it holds, I don't know what God's planning on doing, but I know that God's in control and his grace is sufficient. Therefore, I look toward the new year with confidence. Why? Because I have faith in him. Number one, we look forward in faith toward the future of uncertainty with confidence. Why? Because of who we're trusting in. Now, look at verse 6. It expounds on that a little bit. And we're going to hurry. The Bible says, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So here, here's Paul sitting in prison, all right? If I'm sitting in prison, I'm one of those guys like you see on the movie with a harmonica. I am playing, I can't play the harmonica, but I learned how to do it so that I could play the blues. I am crying. I am woe is me all day long. And yet this is not Paul. He sees through all of the, gro- the gloom to what God is going to do. Now notice where his confidence is coming from. Being confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you. Paul's confidence was in the one who started the work to begin with. He says, listen, I I don't know what's going on and I can't see you, but I have confidence knowing that God's going to work. Number two, notice that faith sees the creator. Faith sees the creator. Now, this is important. What faith will do for you looking toward the uncertainty of a new year, faith assures us that regardless of our circumstances, and who knows what they're going to be, we can be assured that God is still working. God is still working. I have had a lot of people ask me in a roundabout way. You know, church people, there are certain questions we don't ask because we know better than to ask them, even though we really want to ask them. I've had people ask me the question without asking me the question many times, where is God in 2021? I had people ask me that in 2020. Now, they didn't ask it that way because they knew he was there, but they're looking around, they can't find him. We're just going through all of this trouble. Where's God just going to swoop in and and fix everything and make everything right? Why are we having to go through so much trouble? They knew better than to ask it, but what they're basically asking is, where is God? Now, here's Paul in prison, totally removed from the people he's writing to. He's looking into the uncertainty, and yet he's confident. Why? Because he can see the creator, he that hath begun a good work. He said, look, God finishes what he starts. And even though tonight, look, we don't know what God's planning on doing in 2022, we can be assured that regardless of what the circumstances are, God is going to work in the midst of it, even the parts we don't like. The car, I told you I'll tell you the story in a minute. The car, I've been praying probably, I don't know, years, honey, wherever you at? She's back over here on the left tonight. I've been praying for years, you know, that I'd be able to get her a little beetle, get around car, you know, she's always wanted one, and you know, you, you pray and you see God's will and you just wait for God to open the door. You don't push anything. Oftentimes you have to push it. It's not a good, uh, it's not good and God didn't want you to have it. And so I've been praying and praying. I found one down in Metairie, Louisiana, 60 miles away. Every other one I found was either in Minnesota or Sacramento. There's a particular look she wanted. And, uh, you know, she's not always begging for it. She never, I just knew she wanted one and I want to do something for her for all that she does for us and for me. And, and so I found one in Metairie, Louisiana. I called the guy last week. I was so excited. I was like, I'm going to get her this car. It's going to be sitting under our driveway uh, for Christmas, husband of the year. You know, it's pride. It was all for me. That's what it was. It was all for me. I just realized that. So I had to go to the mailbox to call the guy. 
you know, because I don't want her to hear. I am a surprise guy. I don't like, I, I don't like any secrets. I want her to be totally, totally shocked and surprised. And so I go out to the mailbox. I'm getting the mailbox. I said, hey, look, I'm going to come down. I'm going to look at it. If everything checks out, I want the car. He said, it's a Cajun guy. I'm not even going to pretend to talk like he did because he was super Cajun down in Metairie. And he says, okay, he says, look, I, I got a lady coming at 3.30. She's going to look at it, but, you know, she's probably not going to buy it. I'll call you and let you know, and you can come on down. I said, okay, good, good, good. I talked to him at 5 o'clock. Uh, 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 uh. I knew what was coming before he ever uttered an audible word. She bought it. She bought it. I was so ticked off. The other one's in Minnesota, the other one's in Sacramento, and there was one 60-something miles away right here. All I had to do was go get it and have to have one shipped in. I mean, it's, it's right there. It was the perfect, it was the color she wanted. It was the year she wanted. It was the price I wanted. It was all right. It was all right. And then that guy sold my car for two days. I had a sour attitude. That's my wife. And I couldn't tell her why. Used car dealer. Man, I was grumbling. I was grumbling. Boy, I just had a bad spirit. And finally, we were on the way home from New Orleans on Thursday night. I went to a concert down there and on the way home. And I said, look, I've had a bad attitude for a couple of days, and I'm sorry. And she says, well, why? And I said, well, you know, I wanted to get you this car. Oh, you're going to give me a car? Don't worry about that. I said, no, I just want to do that for you. And, and, and this guy sold it. Guy in Louisiana, he sold it. Ruined your Christmas. It's his fault and not mine. And I said, I'm so sorry. I just, you know, no, I wasn't mean to my wife or like that. But why? I was kind of quiet. I get quiet when, when things are not right. And it's, it's best that I be quiet when things are not right because I'll say something I don't need to say. And so anyway, I, I rode off getting my wife this car. I said, all right, it's not the Lord's will. Okay, here we go again. I've looked at dozens, dozens of Beatles. It's just never been the Lord's will. Never one, you know, never one to be his will. And so I wrote it off. said, okay, here's another one that's not God's will. and went on about my business. That was on Thursday night, I believe it was. And uh, Friday, was it Friday you called me? Was it Friday? But David Monroe calls me on Friday at noon. Okay, it's Christmas is 12 hours away, 12 hours away. He says, brother, I found one. I says, what? Or he sent me a Facebook post, right color, right price. It was half the price of the other one, half. And it was in Purvis. I had to go by the kangaroo guy's house to get it. Got a neat preaching illustration. And as I drove home in that bug, feeling feeling very unmanly. <laughs> you know, you pull up to a guy on a four-wheel drive and you're in a bug. It's just, it's just something you feel bad. <laughs> you know, give him a peace sign so I'll be a full hippie, you know. <laughs> Man, I thought about how angry and aggravated I was that I did not get the one in Metairie. And yet even in those, the difficulty and aggravation and stress, I realized that God was working in that to keep me from spending twice as much I didn't even have to drive down to the scary part of Metairie to get the car. I just drove to Purvis. The scariest thing there was kangaroos. <laughs> that was the worst part. And I sat back and I thought to myself, kind of like Paul, that even though I didn't realize it, God was working in it. And God worked it out where I spent half the money that I had planned on spending just a few days before. Do you know, I can look forward to 2022 with confidence knowing that my creator is still at work. He's still at work. Even if 2022 is scary, 
there's disappointments, there's heartache, there's struggle, there's, stri- there's strife, there's trials. I can be assured that God can work in the midst of that just like he was working in my trouble and my trial and my strife this past week. So Paul's trying to show this church and these people. He says, hey, I've been praying and I pray with confidence that the creator is going to work in the midst of all of this. So to number two tonight, faith will help us see the creator even in the bad times. First Thessalonians chapter five, turn there with me real quick and I'll give you the last point after this one. You like how I did that? Just slipped it in. Give you the last point after this one. First Thessalonians chapter five. Look down, if you will. Um, just pick up verse 15. This is what I call the grocery list. First Thessalonians chapter five, Paul just starts giving rapid fire nuggets of truth here. Verse 15, see that none render evil for evil unto any man. But ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Everything means everything, even the difficult parts. Verse 19, quench not the spirit, despise not prophesying, prove all things, hold fast that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil. Watch verse 23, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. What does that mean? You're looking over this list of things, boy, how difficult that is, being preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we can have confidence. Why? Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. God can do a work in the midst of 2022, regardless of the circumstances. Why? Because he was the creator, he's the one who began the work in us, and he's going to keep working in us, regardless of the circumstances that we go through. So number two, faith will help us see the creator in the unknowns. And finally, The Bible says in verse 6, go back to Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you, watch close, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. There's great peace tonight in knowing that God's going to work in the midst of whatever's coming our way in the new year. But watch this, not only is he going to work and we can see the creator work, But the third thing tonight I want you to see as we close, faith assures completion. It says he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I can be assured that regardless of the uncertainty that I through faith can see confidence in 2022. I can have confidence because I'm trusting in him. What do I have confidence in? I have confidence that my creator is going to still work regardless of what comes our way. I have confidence he's going to keep working on me as the song says, no matter what uncertainty that I don't have an understanding about right now. But then I can be assured not only is he gonna work, but he's going to complete what he started. He's going to complete what he started. I don't know about you, but I get sidetracked very easy. Literally, I've gotten to the place in my life, if I don't answer a text immediately, it's usually because I'm doing something, and I have found that if I stop to answer the text, whatever I was doing, I forget about. I still blame it on COVID. I'm not sure if you can do that, statute of limitations and all that, but I still blame it on that. All of a sudden, I get sidetracked, I get distracted, and sometimes what I was doing goes undone. Aren't you glad God doesn't get distracted? The last couple of years have distracted us from a lot of things that needed to be done. I'll be the first to admit it. 
But I assure you what we've gone through has not distracted God. And if we'll let God continue to work in 2022, listen, God's going to complete what he started. Hebrews 10 spells it out, verse 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. The Bible says you hang on to it. You get a good grip on it, and you don't let go of it without wavering. Why? For he is faithful that promised. All that God's called us to do, all that God's will desires that we do, all that God desires that we become. Listen, we should look forward in confidence that God is going to keep working all the way to completion. Why? Because he is faithful. Faithful is he that promised. I have a nephew. I'll give you this, and I'm going to close. I have a nephew I'm going to see here at the end of the week. For, uh, he lives in Monroe, and uh, we go up there for my wife's birthday. I know what he's going to ask me when I walk in the door. I know what he's going to ask me. Did you get me a blowgun? I know it. I can already tell you. Why? Because like 17 years ago, I promised him one, and he hasn't forgotten. No, he's not that old. Sometime last year, I told him he knew that I got a blowgun, that you got me. And he says, I want one like you got. And I said, well, you can't have one like I got. You got to wait till you're a real man. And, uh, and then you can get one of those. But, but I'll get you a smaller one maybe for Christmas. He didn't hear the maybe part. He just heard it say, blowgun, Christmas. When I walk in that door, he's going to be expecting it. Why? Because he hasn't learned that Uncle Maya can let you down yet. He will. He will. His parents will not let me get him the blowgun, okay? It's not that I don't want to. Maybe one of those with the suction cup darts. Maybe we'll find one like that, but not with the real arrows. He's going to be disappointed. Why? Because I, I don't have him one. I'm not going to get him that. I, I want to, and I will one day when he's a little older, but uh, he's going to be disappointed. Can I tell you something? I can assure you that as we look into the uncertainty of 2022, I don't know what it holds, but by faith, we can look forward in confidence, knowing that our creator is going to complete what he started. And he's not going to let us down. Just because the world has turned upside down doesn't make the word of God of null and no effect. The Great Commission still stands. The will of God still needs to be fulfilled. And we still need to become what God's called us to be as a church. So tonight, we should look forward, looking at this new year and all of its uncertainties. We're looking through the lens of faith and we find confidence we see our creator working, and we see God completing what he started. So why don't we decide tonight before we get into that new year that we're going to decide that we're going to have faith looking into the new year, trusting God to do what God desires to do, not just in our church, but in our hearts, in our homes, in our families. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed tonight.